Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robots Radio presents... Listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about DD to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. That's the other way. What'd you do? What'd you do? What? <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself, Lupus. <laughs> Wolf is doing stuff. Ah, Reaper. All right, enough. Ah. Welcome back to the Dungeons Dragons Lorecast. <laughs> I'm your host, Almighty Crit. Sergio's not joining us tonight because he's doing things outside the tower. He said I couldn't leave and it's whatever. So I invited friends. We're having a party. Dad's not here. Whoa. <laughs> But anyway, we're here to talk to our patrons. They're wonderful, wonderful people that pay us money to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and all the awesome other stuff. So today's topic is going to be, we're going to have multiple topics today because we have no mid-break. <gasps> what? Oh, I'll do a mid-break. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about our favorite PCs and NPCs of the year our favorite releases of this year and what we hope to see out of 2022 before we get all that started though why don't we run around and introduce ourselves start with you lupus <laughs> hi hi <laughs> <laughs> so we have lupus reaper and wolf joining us today they're all waving hello they can see you wave on podcast guys <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Well, anyway, let's dive right in, shall we? Um, let's talk about our favorite PCs and NPCs of the year. I'm personal to uh Dungeons and Daddies. I'm gonna have to go with me some Ron from Dungeons and Daddies. Because Ron is a classic. Ron's great, but have you heard of Glenn? <laughs> Glenn Close, you mean? Absolutely. <laughs> I you like would be the dad bard of my <laughs> dreams. I uh I personally liked uh I liked Ron a little more than Glenn 
because Glenn was kind of a, uh, I mean, he was kind of self-centered in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's, that's his character though, you know, but uh, I did like the no pants Ron because I liked that aspect of them playing it out. And if you don't know what we're talking about, major spoiler, and I'm not going to spoil any further, go check out Dungeons and Daddies because it's a great podcast. But how do you feel about a uh, Birkenstock rocking granola munching hippie nature druid dad? <laughs> oh, you mean Will Campos? <laughs> no, Henry Oak, my friend. <laughs> Henry Oak. Uh, only we get that reference. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say Dungeons and Daddies is a as a as each one of those characters for me was one of my favorites. Uh, I really liked the exploration uh, through the background of the characters. I liked the. I liked the, I just liked it all, really. I mean, it, there wasn't a bad moment in that show, and all the characters were really well done. And I liked that the cast members really did stay in character for majority of the show. It really brought you in, personally. As somebody who uh, listens to it as well and is uh, caught up, um, it's definitely a top tier D and D podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much more digestible than something like critical role, which everybody knows if everybody listens to, yep. but you go through and a lot of those episodes are all like, here's a three hour long episode. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. No. <laughs> uh, with random ad breaks. No. Um, I mean, other than that, I know I'm not going to steal this one from lupus because I know what lupus, I have, I have a funny feeling. I know what lupus is going to say. And it has to do with which for, for favorite NPC. Uh, you might be surprised. So Ooh. NPCs from podcasts uh, would be probably Charlie Transmutation and Gaston. Uh, and then uh, from book format would be Minsk and Boo. Really? Now, see, that surprised me because I thought you were going to say Thacko the Clown. No, uh, and he <laughs> features lightly. I mean, it was it was funny. It was an inside joke that you know, a lot of people didn't get. But uh, for an actual uh, recurring character that's been around in D anD D for quite some time through video games and yeah, the book format, like Minsk and Boo, and then yeah, when they did their uh, the D anD D exposition, like the last thing they showed uh, during their stream from Wizards of the Coast was a. Uh, a drawing of uh, Boo's face uh, done by Hydro 74. Really? See, I didn't yeah. get to see that part. We're gonna have, I'm going to have yeah, to look that so up. It's, uh, it, it's got Boo's miniature giant space hamster face plus uh, circled by yeah, the typical stuff you'd see by Hydro 74 on the alt covers. Yeah. And then I'm guessing that that's going to be a cover upcoming for some sort of Spelljammer campaign, Ooh. possibly. Oh, yeah, because Spelljammer has been conf- all but confirmed at this point, hasn't it? Yeah. That one's, that one's kind of confusing to me because there's, there's several outlets that are saying it's confirmed. There's a lot of them that are saying it's it's been all but confirmed. And then they shadow dropped this uh, Minsk and Boo's Journal of Villainy uh, yeah. from Wizards of the Coast on DM's Guild without telling anybody. Uh, right, I think the day after the the D and D exhibition online. Now, can you get that physical copy? 
Yeah, it is a physical copy. Oh, did yeah. you get one? Oh, I'm going to have to get us a Minskin Boo. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you like Ravenloft, and I don't know if I'm allowed to show the art, probably. Uh, it is the kind of dark that you would hope Ravenloft would have been. Ooh. Yeah, I'm and definitely picking that up. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I don't have to, because I'm pretty sure I know why, but what drew you to these characters? Uh, I like crazy. Uh, uh, eccentric, uh, over-the-top characters, uh, your general you know, Drist and Wolfgar and that kind of yeah, tropic characters like I'm not that engaged by, but the uh, the off the wall stuff uh, like one of my favorite NPCs from D and D canon is Prismal the Outrageous and super powerful magic user and chaotic neutral, so little nuts. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Reaper, what do you got for us? I'm gonna be honest with you. I I've only done like one like session that was like mid campaign years years ago. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really been Indian like be like play D and D that much. <gasps> yes, I know. <laughs> but next next month, I have a friend who's DMing a campaign, so I'm excited for that. Ooh, all right. Uh, all homebrew too, which is nice. Oh, oh cool. yes. After my own heart, there. Be still, be still. <laughs> um, this uh, this can't is this home? Are you doing this at home? Um, we're actually going to a, I think a local, a place here n- near where I live. Mm-hmm. They do they're a VR arcade, but they all, they also do like tabletop games. Ooh, yeah, it's called a uh, diversion. Okay, all right, uh. With the with, do you have like a character in mind you're going to be playing for this game? I do. I'm playing a kobold artificer. Oh yes! Ah, oh, keep them coming. <laughs> One of the you can cast a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I cast gun. <laughs> Best spell. <laughs> yes. Uh, for those of you not familiar with dangerous combinations of characters, uh, kobold artificers. Dangerous, very dangerous. And if you don't know why, just go ahead and look through some of the newer uh, edits to the monster manual. Some of the new expansions like um, Icewind Dale has a pretty good example in there. Um, Critical Role actually has a good example of a kobold who uh, great artificer. Um, There's some of them who uh, I do know that some of the kobolds will use bees as bombs. Just jars of bees. Like, how much crazier can you get? <laughs> I love this character already. You're going to have to let us know how this goes. You're going to have to tell us in chat how this goes. I will when it starts. It starts hopefully next week. So, yeah, text in, in chat says it's critical role and splurt. Yeah, yes. That was, I, that had me rolling with splurt. That was another NPC that I loved that they took away so abruptly. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, Wolf, what do you got okay. for NPCs and PCs this year? 
Um, some of my favorites, uh, PCs is going to be uh, ampersand the other a, uh, <laughs> lovable Goliath. Um, he's great. I if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to uh, the fumbling form, the Almighty Crate. It's yeah, absolutely wonderful character. I love the energy. It's just chaotic in all regards. Um, you got to see the behind the scenes look at uh, Ampersand and uh, Travis playing him. He's he's not. I love Travis to death. I really do. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna pop out a character that is an older character, but one I've started rereading the series because they announced it's coming back. Uh, Tasselhoff uh, Burfoot. A, uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. From uh, the Dragonlance Chronicles, yes. they mentioned it's, there are new books being written for it. Wait, how is he coming back? Is it prologue? Um, I don't know the full story. It, it's there's just been rumblings on Twitter from uh, the authors uh, Weissman and uh, Hickman. Them. So there, okay. there's stuff going on, but I've been rereading uh, the books, and I'm I, I love him to death. Uh, he's a great character, but all of the Dragonlance characters are really nuanced and fleshed out, but you know, you gotta love him being, you know, a roguish, kinder, hobbitish, halfling, I guess is the word, uh, where he's just like, I'm not stealing this, it was just loose in your pocket, and I'm keeping it safe so nobody else <laughs> takes it. <laughs> uh, see, I've played D&D with both of you, and both of you tend to lean towards chaotic, ridiculous characters. Yeah, they're more because, fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, I have to I mean, say, you can get ghost straight laced. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on that one. Uh, I have to say, um, if I'm if we're going local PCs. I'm going to have to go with one of my favorite. I've got two. I've got two from the fumbling four. Uh, I'm partial to Jimmy really red. Jimmy really red was is hilarious. It was played by our very own Sergio on the podcast. Jimmy um, really red is top tier. Jimmy really red is really is. <laughs> uh, Jimmy really red was one of my favorites. Um, and it's, it's a close tie between tariff and uh the goose that we had <gasps> guest play <gasps> yes you wolf um both of those i i toss it up because i really liked the with those two characters i really like the portrayal of innocence and ridiculousness um tariff more so with the with the innocence because tariff is this innocent little mouseling who runs around and just does childish things constantly and is always somehow getting in and out of trouble with the most ridiculous luck and the musical instruments just Daniel with the musical instruments is just top tier just ridiculousness all around (laughs) you know I almost feel like it's the party loves me they want to protect me from dying so how can I get myself in harm's way So they have to throw themselves in front of it. That's exactly what it's like. 
I sit here and bash my head off a desk every time we play and just go, why? Why do you have to do this? Why do you have to put yourself in danger all the time? Yeah, well, yeah, he's the group's baby, and he's like, hey, I found this fork. There's an electrical socket over there. Let's see what'll happen. And they're like, no! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but my canon, I have to say one of my top favorite canon D&D characters is none other than the main protagonist of Baldur's Gate, uh, Zariel. I, yes, I truly, truly, truly love the character Zariel for one major reason. It shows the downfall of a hero. And I love a good fall of a hero story. I, I'm a sucker for the stories where the hero tries to do the excellent good thing, amazing good thing, and then through some sort of hardship or you know task or whatever just becomes evil through corruption. Or maybe it's their they did something with the intentions of good and became evil. I love these characters. And that is exactly what Zariel is in the Baldur's Gate series. Uh, well, Descent into Avernus uh, campaign. You go through the whole backstory of Zariel and how they were uh, an, uh, an angel or a celestial in D&D terms. And they went down to fight this the, the, the war and were sacrificed into Avernus. Well, volunteered to stay to fight the war, stayed too long and became corrupt and is now one of the rulers of the uh, levels of nine levels of hell. And they rule the first realm of Avernus. And it's just this massive, beautiful campaign in the backstory for Zariel. I, I fell in love with it. I don't know if you all have had the opportunity to look at Baldur's Gate. I know I talk about it all the time, but it is a fantastic campaign. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, do we have any other NPCs and PCs we want to talk about? Hmm. Everyone sits and thinks. Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't look that way. Looks like everybody's good. <laughs> Well, let's talk about our favorite releases this year. So a lot of amazing things were released for this year for D&D. We had, we had, it seemed like every two, three months we had a new expansion, a campaign book, uh, some sort of expansion book. This is a fantastic year for D&D, I feel, especially 5e, because before there was quite the, there was quite the gapping in release. You know, even, even the miniatures were released in, different kind of segments this year it was you get a book you get minis you get minis you get a book you get minis you get minis oh we we ghost released this one you know i felt like this was the year of D D. um what stood out to you this year though what was your favorite release of this year we'll start we'll start we'll we'll go in reverse this time what did you like this year wolf i i am a big <laughs> Strahd person. I, I think if he's played right, he's such a fascinating character. So let's talk about Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I, I love that we got some more of the spooks and it, it dropped early this year, I think May. It did, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And as a big horror person myself, it's always really nice to see those themes Mm -hmm. and a lot of the darker, grittier side get taken down. Like, I mean, we have our beholders and Iliad, like Illithids and all of those kind of spooky creatures, but we don't dig too deep ever into horror horror. And that's kind of where Strahd's domain and Ravenloft and all of that comes in. Mm -hmm. And it was just a book and content drop that was all digging deep into that so i was super happy yeah i was when they said that they were going to be releasing um the expansion the the, you know van richten's guide to ravenloft i lost my mind because when they released ravenloft you know as it's and the thing people tend to forget about is Ravenloft is, is it isn't this new concept. It's been around since Lupus can correct me on this, but it's been around since second edition. Oh, uh, what? The Ravenloft itself. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm trying to think if it was before. It's definitely been I, say, around I since can't second. remember if it was. I know, I know it's been around since second. Because I've played it in second. I cannot remember if it came out like towards the end of one or it's something we'll look into, but it's been around forever. Well, I mean, so you have the Lord Soth came from Dragonlance. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm trying to remember when that storyline was because that would have been part of the start, start of uh, Raven Lafostrad and then the, the Lich. Uh, because uh, I think Lord Soth went over, but they didn't have the rights when they had to bring it back. But I mean, that would have been like the predecessor to yep. the start of Ravenloft. I can't remember the timeline. I'd have to look up. Yeah, look see, up. it's see that's that's the thing with Ravenloft is it's a confusing timeline, so nobody really knows off the top of their head when it. You know, unless you're right. massively into Ravenloft itself, you're not going to know like boom right off the top of your head when it came out. But it's been out since nearly the dawn of D and D. Right. And and this is our first like super deep dive into exactly. It. And you know that's what made me. That's what got me pumped because I've played Ravenloft in second edition. I've played it in th- you know three point five. I've played in you know homebrew versions of Ravenloft. I've played all these different versions of Ravenloft, but everything at that point was kind of a guessing game. If it wasn't in, if it wasn't in the campaign um, books, it was kind of. You you got a little bit of info. You didn't get a whole bunch. By the way, I do want to say Ravenloft has been around since advanced Dandy. See, I believe the Tomb of Horrors <laughs> took place in Ravenloft. Yeah. Okay. See. Yes. See. Top of my head. No, I can't pull it out. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, but I believe that was like the background mm, setting. Yeah. But um. Also, all of the character options were super cool that came with it. Like, you got a Dampier currently in your campaign with Grandma Aggie, and um, the Hexblood and the Reborn are cool. I mm-hmm. like the College of Spirits and uh, the Undead Warlock, I think. Yes. The Pack of Undead. I think just a lot of cool um, options opened up if you want to go a more grisly like player. Oh, yeah. And that was the beautiful part about it, because like you said, it expanded into the horror aspect of D&D that was it's pretty much untouched um, for the most part. I mean, you have Tomb of Annihilation and things like that, but these only skim the edge of horror in D&D. And I think that's why um, 
and text and star and chat can attest to this. I think that's why the haunted did so well in, on the dungeon master's guild is because it was a very well written horror campaign. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the jump into more material for Ravenloft was an excellent addition to this year. So all of that being said, Reaper, what do you got? What were, what were you excited for for the release this year? I'm going to echo what I said previously, so. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that. Yeah, you're <laughs> fine. Uh, also, the most recent thing I, like, uh, book I bought for D&D mm-hmm. was, I think it was, oh, I'm going to look it up. Hang on. Sorry. No, you're fine. Look it, uh, look it up away. <laughs> There's so much material. It was a source book. <laughs> uh it was Volo's Guide to Monsters. The most recent source book I bought was Volo's Guide to Monsters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you, guys, what, you were going to say something. What you got, Loop? What? Oh, no, I said uh, it was not, it's a good book. Volo's Guide to Monsters. Oh, yeah. It was. So pick up. I think it was a great addition to the. The thing is, is that in 3.5, we had all these monster manuals. I mean,. I believe there was like five monster manuals in total, and that was just the monster manuals. That didn't even include all the others. I loved when they, because when I first got my first monster manual for 5th edition, I was disappointed in the lack of monsters in it. I did like that they went a little bit more in depth with the backstories and, you know, lore and things like that in the book, but I was like, where are my monsters at? There's a lot I know that exist, but they're not there. I think they were trying to combine like a, a facet of like Elminster's ecologies from the old mm-hmm. rule set and then uh, monsters and kind of mash that together. And it came out a little thin. Yeah. And I liked the concept, but like you said, it was thin and, you know, yeah. it, it was lacking in material. So when they released Volos, I immediately picked that up. There was no questions like I had that on pre-order, <laughs> but it, it was a fantastic addition. The monsters in there were fantastic. I liked the additional lore that we had our, you know, we could get our hands into. Um, it still wasn't enough for my taste. I uh, honestly, and we'll get into this. You know what? I'll save that till later. I'll, I'll save that for things I'm looking forward to in 2022. But yes, Volo's guide was an excellent addition. Uh, wh- what do you got lupus? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I already know I'm in for a list. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> <laughs> the one I showed you before of uh, Minsk and Boo's you know, yep. uh, Journal of Villainy, uh, just because it's kind of a, an off product, even though it's made by Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they have lists of magical items and costs for different cities and the cost of magical items and the uh, type of magical items change per city and depending on what factions rule that city, uh, commerce, like they go into economy and some of the deeper stuff that you normally wouldn't see in a lot of books, um, just because it wasn't a a prime publishing that they normally would have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, side of that, I would say Candle Keep Mysteries, uh, just because I play Adventures Guild uh, with Ravenloft, with Candle Keep, and some of the other stuff. Uh, you get to play it before the contents released, so before the books are out, you're actually playing Adventures. So I played. Ravenloft before it came out. I played uh, Candlekeep before it came out. And um, 
the way they did it as a anthology of was it 17 different stories all written by individual authors uh and then correlate uh, correlated by uh, chris perkins yeah basically wrangled or herded all the cats together and made it one concise uh publication yeah <sighs> candle keep was a beautifully written book that's just all there it's the simplest way to put it it was a beautifully written book i picked it up because because candle keep is briefly mentioned in ball you know descent to avernus and i was like i need to know more about this place i want to know more i want to i want to experience it when i picked it up and i read through it the first time i was like you can tell certain points are written by different people you know but it's written in a way that doesn't it doesn't take away from anything. It's so beautifully crafted and, you know, meshed together. The campaigns that are in it, the 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 stories, everything in Candlekeep just meshes well. And I liked the additional content we got in it. You know, though it wasn't a whole lot, it was still big in its own sense. So for me, I know I talk about it a lot. But that's not my favorite. That was not my favorite release this year. My favorite was definitely Fitzpins. Definitely. The Dragons. <laughs> that's all I got to say on that one. I mean, it was... Oh, it was so much dragon. We got. We finally got... I've been begging and begging and begging and begging for years to get another uh, Draconomicon. And I felt like this was a taste of it. This was a taste of the Draconomicon. We're getting into the different types of dragons that aren't really explored. You know, you have your ghost dragon and you have your elder dragons and you've, you've got all these wonderful dragons. And then we got to explore dragon magic. Though it was brief, we got to explore it. I loved it. I loved it. A very untapped, un, un, just unused source, period, in the fifth edition world right now. And they were like, just going to dedicate a whole book to it. Boom. <laughs> Lupus is over. Oh, and then the, the tie, the, well, the, <laughs> the, the tie back in with uh, Dragonlance. Uh, oh, so yeah. That hope that's coming back up because Fizban is Paladine. He's down. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. The antithesis of Tiamat is Bahamut in Dragonlance. So uh, when I saw Fizban, I was like, like Spelljammer's coming back. Dragonlance is coming back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Planescape. <gasps> I don't know. <gasps> that's coming back. Everybody, like, that's all that blew up over our Discord for, like, a <laughs> month was Dragonlance. 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 Spell. 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 <laughs> I think it was mostly you and... Um, who else was it? Sergio. And then um, ah, there was a few people. They were just blowing up the discord. Uh, uh, courier. NC Courier. NC Courier. Yep. On. Yep. Yeah. Um, I believe. Uh, I believe. Mm, I believe. Stuart hops in on there. Yep. Stuart was one. Uh, I believe Tex was in on that, too. I think Texan Star uh, was in on that. 
but it was totally. either way it was a ton of people just blowing up just Dragonlance 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 <laughs> Spelljammer's coming back I saw that at least 16 times a day for like a good two weeks um, but I, I I'm excited and that was one of the reasons as well that I was excited because that was our little taste of what's to come and I'm going to use that as a transition for us to go into things we're looking forward to in 2022 because I'm not going to take it away from everybody else. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, multiverse. I don't know how you yeah. all feel about this. <laughs> Plans- be- Planescape. 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 What? That's what I'm super hoping for too, is Planescape. I, I love a lot of the older Planescape adventures and I want to see a ton more of that. Well, I mean, they yeah, are I mean, the, the city of sigil, mm-hmm. the art by Tony Dieter Lizzie uh, for, I think he did all of the art for all of those books. There wasn't too much outside of him and it's very uh, stylized. They can tell his art apart from others. It's almost like everyone in the Sposh. Um, yes. But you now the darkness that that campaign has I don't it would seem like they would have trouble recreating that in today's environment with what they had to do with what Ravenloft used to be and what they've made Ravenloft now um, I think to make it uh, inclusive for like all ages as opposed to just more adults of what it used to be I think they might have to scale it back again and then like re-release side stuff mm-hmm. I mean I'll still be happy that it comes out but I don't think it will match uh, the intensity of what it used to be, unfortunately. No, I don't think so either. It's too much has changed. Just like you said, too much has changed. No. Absolutely. And, and then, I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, and then, like reading through the books, so they had their own slang. They had their own uh, vernacular and colloquialisms uh, for writing all of the the manuals and books mm-hmm. uh, that you kind of had to figure out how to decipher, which would make it difficult for you know, some people. Oh yeah. Well, if you had something you were going to say, honestly, you know what? I just <clears throat> at this point they're touching on everything on the main realm. I would love just more plain adventures. They're an untapped resource at this point. So if you got to rewrite it, go for it. Just allow us to access all those other planes in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know um, speaking of other planes, I was talking with lupus way back when they were having the competition on uh, writing a campaign for uh, the pandemonium. And it was insane. <laughs> I was talking with I was talking with Lupus about it. I was like, what do you think? You're all about chaos. What do you think? Lupus was like, we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to happen. But uh, sadly, I did not win. I didn't go far enough. <laughs> it's okay. You let all the crazy out next time. Yeah, I got to let, let all the crazy out. The crazy out. I was reserved on my trap. You, like you, <laughs> you held back. You held back. You got to let it all out. <laughs> I did. I was like, well, we gotta, we gotta make it. I was, I was trying not to be the impossible DM, but apparently that's what they wanted was the impossible DM. (laughs) Yes, they did. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, so we got, we got that. We're looking forward to what are we, what are you looking forward to this year? Reap? I think you're muted. (laughs) That's okay. 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to the uh, camp my friends doing. So that'll be fun. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, at least you're looking forward to something that's coming soon. You know? Yeah. The three of us are sitting here looking forward to things that are you know, like months, <laughs> potentially nevers. <laughs> Vaporware. <laughs> Vaporware. I mean, I've I've set my expectations low and I'm only looking forward to next month's release at this point. Like I'm not I'm not gonna get stoked for anything else. <laughs> I've I I feel like they are literally just dropping things at random right. sometimes and they are making us wait for these things. But at other times I'm like, I feel like there is a method to the madness. Because of the order they've released these things in. Like, part of me was like, why couldn't you release, you know, last year, why couldn't you release Ravenloft with, you know, just a couple months after release Van Richten's Guide? But. Honestly, I'm hoping they drop more spooky stuff. I know (laughs) in one of the books they mentioned that there's an entire haunted lands, I think, that's uh, part of Zakara that we haven't even touched on what's there but there there are places there are mentions of places in different books that i want them to go more in depth in mm-hmm. i don't know reaper reaper over there is just he's only excited about his campaign <laughs> <laughs> he says well, i don't care about the, i don't care about all that i'm just gonna start okay leave me alone i'm yeah. just starting <laughs> You know what? We've all been there, though, and I'm super good on you, Reaper. I can't wait to hear it. You know, I know. I'm tales excited. of your travels. I'm pretty excited. That's what I'm looking forward to in the next couple of weeks. I want to hear these travels. And I swear, if the kobold dies in like the first two play rounds, I'm gonna personally <laughs> message your DM and go, "No, you bring him hungry. back. Divine <laughs> intervention." Let me let me give you the big tip. If uh, your DM goes, are you sure you want to do that? Maybe rethink what you're doing. No, you don't. You go even bigger. <laughs> you're right. Let me let me use fireball right here. I was gonna sh- swing on the chandelier and come in like a wrecking ball, but instead, I've decided to cut it down and set the building on fire. So you made me second guess myself. I didn't ask I how. I didn't ask how big the room was. I said I cast fireball. <laughs> One of the other PCs we have, he's he's playing a a goldfish. A goldfish? More specifically, the uh, the goldfish from the Cat in the Hat. Uh, let me let me ask you: Is this backstory <laughs> a classic fish out of water scenario, or uh, I forget? I I I'm already intrigued and want to know more about all of the party members now. Actually, I think if I pull up the campaign on Genie Beyond. Yeah, right, so we're going to take a quick break from talking about next upcoming year because I want to hear these things. Let's go. Let's let's hear what we got, Reaper. Let's see, so the the the, the, the PC is Carlos K. Kunkelbein, who I guess is the, the fish and the cat in the hat. So, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be, be interesting. What else we got? We got so we got a fish from the cat in the hat. We have a fish sorcerer. I cast fireball. Uh, all I can think think of right now is fish sticks. <laughs> That's all I can think about. And then we have a tiefling warlock and 
the most and I, original character. No clue what else. So yeah. No clue what else. <laughs> yeah. So there's a no character, but it's not like complete. So we've got um we get quite the party go. We're we're gonna keep tabs on you in Discord. And if we're not getting updates after every session about the insanity that's happening, we're gonna all message you personally and be like, Reap, where's our updates? <laughs> One is next Wednesday, so Ooh. good we have something to look forward to now except for you know my other eight podcasts no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh well, anyway. shit you do podcasts Chris? what <laughs> we'll get to those later no <laughs> so eight. anyway we're Wait, talking eight did you get, did you get rid of some i thought you had more than eight i got rid of 12 of them because it was just too much no <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so anyway let's get back to talking about the upcoming year we'll get off track there a little bit so we're excited for multiverse. Uh, we're excited to explore some more of horror in the upcoming year. I'm going to throw out. I would be a bit more excited to explore the nine levels of hell itself. But on that same note, I would also like to explore the celestial realms. I feel like. We focus on Avernus and just in the hells in general. We focus on the nine hells in general. And there's not been a whole lot of material on the celestial planes. I would like to see that. Um, you know, you read about it in books and things. You read about, you know, in 3.5, there was a lot. There's a little bit of info when you came to, you know, the deities, you know, and all that. I want to, I personally am hoping to see a little bit more exploration into each of the different realms of the celestial plane. I want them to shift around uh, the current pantheon. Please bring my boy uh, Tear back. He's uh, <laughs> missing from 5e. RIP Tear. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see. I mean, do you want it, to, want it to be like a supernatural where the angels are assholes or. Oh, for the celestial plane? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of that's that's a good question. I kind of I kind of want a little bit of both. I want like I want there to be like those assholes and then I want there to be like the the like the typical when you think about an angel like, you know, oh, I'm in here to help you and heal you and I'm here to be there for you and Yeah, I mean, you've got I'm, like Castiel from Supernatural and uh, then you've got uh Azrael from like uh jo or not John like uh Hellblazer, uh, Constantine. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Constantine. What a nice, nice balance. Well, I mean, because the Celestial, they even yeah. say, you know, brief mentions in the past D&D literature that the Celestial planes are just as off-kiltered in things as the Nine Hells. You know, they've even got one plane of existence, which is just, it's a bestial realm, you know? Yeah. You've got yeah, all the these different... Wildlands, right? Yeah, the Wildlands, exactly. You've got all these different realms and not to focus too much on multiversing in it or, or any of that again, but I want to explore some of these other realms a little bit more in depth. We've got all this material. Why not explore it? You know, and I read an article today, actually, that talked about how 5e is one of the most in-depth for exploration of past content and they even went as far as to say that um, the Forgotten Realms is one of the most expansive 
planets that they've explored. And I would agree. I would say that they've invested a lot of time in the Forgotten Realms. A lot more than they've invested anywhere else. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Elminster was born in like 200 something, 212 Dale realms. And we're in like 1440s now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one character alone has almost 1500 or 1300 years of history, let alone every other novel and book and everything they try to tie into canon and keep it yeah, succinct. Mm-hmm. And I going forward, I would like, you know, and not to say that I'm tired of the Forgotten Realms by any means, because there's a lot to explore to it. But I would like to start, a, you know, branching out. I would like to start seeing what our other, you know, forgive me for the pun, but realms of possibilities are. Um, well, I mean, do you think they'll do where like they did with uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh where it's Greyhawk, uh, right? Oerth, uh, but not yeah. technically Greyhawk. So they're expanding it, but then kind of cutting it off, like pulling stories out. They're like, we're not building on this world. We're just giving you stories from it. You're not a actually there it's just yeah uh another binary world yeah which i don't know if it's a cheap way out and honestly now that you've mentioned it uh crit mm-hmm. i really do want them to explore the nine layers of hell one of my favorite fiends from uh, third edition is missing currently well who would that be uh the corruptor of fate corruptor of fate correct if you don't know what I'm talking about, look, look him up. He is a powerful th- fiend from third edition, which is super freaking cool. I don't think I remember him. You said corruptor of fate, huh? Correct. Of fate. Well, let's look this up real quick. Corruptor of faith. Or fate. Yugaloth assassins that specialize in inflicting suffering and death, creatures of ill omen, the destiny twisting demons lurked silently in the shadows until striking comp- accompanied by the sound of rolling dice. <laughs> That's just menacing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They and these disappeared. Things, <laughs> these things are I mean, I'm going to I'm going to try to give the best explanation of the way it looks. Please do. Listeners. So. Picture it. Close your eyes with me, if you will. Unless you're driving, don't close your eyes. Uh, (laughs) It's too late, Chris. Too late. Too late. Uh, Close your eyes and imagine, if you will, a very large orc. Okay, but instead of a face like an orc, it has a skull with these burning red embered eyes and tusks protruding from the skull. But inside the jaw of the skull, it has the gums and teeth of like a warg. Very sharp teeth. The gums are exposed. It's very gory and, you know, blood oozing from the jaw. They're terrifying looking. Truly terrifying looking. (laughs) You should read the Did you read the description? You should read that out loud because that is gnarly. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So Corruptors of Fate were five foot tall. Corpulent creatures, although faster than their paunchy 200-pound bodies would suggest. Given that both males and females had bosom-like rolls of fat, most assumed that they were female. 
Although they were sorry, although there was apparently enough of a difference to, to that someone with a good eye could tell males and females apart. In contrast to their chubbiness, a corrupt a corrupter of fate skin was sickly shade of yellow and was stretched tightly across their skulls, giving them appearance of being gaunt when looking only at their faces. Okay, so this would explain the skull like appearance. Most wore black studded leather armor. Okay, we're already sounding Hellraiser up in here. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus wept. (laughs) Though their clothes did little to hide their smell. (laughs) Despite all the Yugoloth smelling faintly of brimstone, a corrupter of fate's biological body odor was strong enough to make a substantial difference when tracking it. But to most, the smell was only really noticeable when they started physically exerting themselves. Other disturbing traits, including their luridly glowing eyes and their minor sound of rolling dice that accompanied when accompanied them whenever they went. A telepathic illusion they couldn't control in which like their smell was only noticeable if they did something like fighting. So basically it was a telepathic the the sound of rolling dice was a telepathic illusion. Is what I got from this. So something super interesting with them as well. So they're born evil like most fiends mm-hmm. are with this desire to kill, but they're also um this is also huge, uh, honed because they're like abused as they're growing up and they are taught to hate and hate. And then like they grow up, I think they end up hating everything except for uh, the undead wraiths and shadows. They just feel a desire to slaughter and torture everything they get their hands on. If you're looking where you can find these things at, you can find them in the monster manual. I believe that is fifth. Third, third edition. Well, it's three point five, but it's Monster Manual. Uh, I believe, yeah, Monster Manual four. four sorry, not five. Is Monster Manual four and three point five? Yeah, they're from uh, wonderful Gehenna. I really want to explore these. They're only a they're only a CR five, really. Wow. Okay. I mean, you get a group of them Seems together, little, though. <laughs> yeah, still seems a little low. <laughs> Yeah, but it would be cool for them to make a comeback. Oh, yeah. They sound gnarly. I have not heard of those. Uh, and I've heard of a lot of things from the nine levels. Uh, but anyway, that's I'm looking forward to that, too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I really am looking forward to in the upcoming year for D&D. I'm looking for them to listen to what their fans want more of. Because I feel like Wizards of the Coast has truly been listening to the fans this time around and is really delivering on what they want. And I'm looking forward to more of that. I don't know how you all feel about that. Uh, I mean, obviously, they have to balance what sells uh, with what Mm -hmm. people have and then uh the old players versus the new players they want in which is why they make jokes about Thacko and you know while they're on the wish light yeah uh, but i mean they're they have the uh, the surveys every month uh i mean they're honestly listening and you know they go back through those surveys and change things and update you know new materials that's why we get you know 
updated rule books and they have new versions of rule books to our, uh, the errata uh, to make things you know, more concise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're still going to do what works best for them and what makes money, but you know, they want to keep everybody happy. Oh yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, you're going to have people who are old like I am and remember you know, way back when and be like, I want this to come back. And they're like, that, that doesn't, it's not going to work in the format we have going now. It's still uh, go check DMs guild or Kickstarter, you know, but uh, we do have this and <laughs> now you might, li- might like the new stuff come out as well. Old fella. So let me, before we dive into the finale of this episode, let me ask you all this question. How do you feel about the changes they're making to alignments and things? I know this is a very hot button question. Um, I've come across several news articles and I've even talked to a few friends and I've actually changed my opinion on this. So if you don't feel comfortable sharing, you don't have to. But I thought I would ask you guys as our patrons what you feel about them changing the forced alignment system into more an adaptive alignment system. Um, I'll put out there. It's just weird. I guess I'm used to what used to be. I'm mm-hmm. sure as time comes and it grows, I'll just be more used to it and it'll be it's whatever. But for now, it's super weird and I'm not a huge fan, but I also play really weird aligned characters. So <laughs> it doesn't affect Reaper too much because he's in a homebrew campaign. So <laughs> whatever DM says goes, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. As time goes, I guess we'll see the more they kind of tweak things. Yeah. Reaper's over here hitting, eating a, it looks like a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> I'm knocking you out. He had a mannequin head on the stream earlier. He's eating a ham and cheese sandwich. I'm knocking you out, Reaper. <laughs> Things you can only uh, catch if you're following on Twitch. Yeah, I know. You got to come to Twitch. You got to come to Twitch. You got to see these things live. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but yes. Know- you know what? Next year, though, just for crit as a special present, I hope they bring back the system of uh, two hit in armor class zero. His most requested feature. <laughs> God, I, how he tells I me every I day cast he fireball. misses math in his game. <laughs> I said I cast fireball. I didn't ask how big the room was. I'm stealing this line from Lupus. I cast fireball. <laughs> no, I mean, how do you feel about it all, Lupus? Um, so, I mean, I, I read a lot of, uh, uh, D stuff and, uh, Twitter and comments and Reddit. Um, and I understand, uh, adjusting the alignment to make, uh, all the different races inclusive to play, uh, mm-hmm. basically opening up, uh, with what they're doing, uh, with the upcoming draw or drow, however you pronounce it. I always mispronounce it. Um, of now there's races of, uh, good draw and, uh, even the Dartro from like Men's Branson aren't all evil. Uh, Drist isn't, you know, a isolated incident. Um, and then also counterbalancing the levies of racism that were directed towards Lord of the Rings and some of the races mm-hmm. in there. So they, I think they want to pull themselves away from that and make yeah. it so that, yes, inherently evil creatures like liches 
uh, are good, but you know, you look at uh, the novels like uh, Jader Sunstar, Jader Sunstar uh, was a vampire half elf and he was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was taken in by a nature goddess. So I think they want to portray that uh, everything is possible and we don't want to set stuff in stone that you think you have to use. You can change it to what and adapt to whatever you have you want for your campaign. Yeah. I, I like, that's a very valid point. There are some creatures that like beholders, I will always see as pure, like evil creatures. They're very, they've always been very xenophobic and very, mm-hmm. they are evil. So hearing, ah, nah, but th- that one's good over there. You know, Greg, he's great. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I love how the beholder's name is Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have evil characters on the covers of their core books. Xanathar, Tasha. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. See, I think they've been approaching it for a little bit. Yeah, they've and it's a lot of people felt like this was snuck up on them and it's out of the blue. This has been something that if you take a second and you actually look at it, it's been in the works for a while. I mean, Dritz is the perfect example. Okay. The drow were depicted as these evil beings, always and forever. They're 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 terrible. They're awful. And then you got this hero that comes in out of nowhere, and guess what? He's a dark elf. He's drow. What? It was mind blowing, but not really. You know, if you're if you're a player of homebrew like I've always been, it's not really mind blowing. You know how many drow we had at our game table? There was nine players, and like. Five of them were drow, and it's like you're not special. Like, you know what? If you're gonna be a drow, then I'm gonna be, be a minotaur because I want to be at least something different. You know, it, everything was on the table for us as homebrew, and I, I will probably. It looks like Reaper that you're gonna get that kind of same experience, which is fantastic. You're, you know, you got a goldfish for a player. <laughs> I don't know how much more out there you gotta be, but you know. For me, hearing all this stuff, it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a shock. I've seen this coming for a long time. They've been altering the material since the 3.5 days. You know, slowly but surely, everything's been altered. When it comes to specifically Mind Flayers and the Beholder, because that's what caught my eye. Yeah. We have in our homebrew game uh, for the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, there is a Mind Flayer. Who is inherently good? He literally abandoned his people and his lifestyle to live on the back of a giant dragon turtle. And all he wanted was the pursuit of knowledge. He wanted to understand the world and how it worked and he wanted to help people, but nobody liked his appearance. So he he reclused and that's where he remains. And he's been there for years. You know, there is actually a beholder in our campaign that is that nobody's ever ran into. But at some point in the campaign, you know, uh, something. Right, Greg, Greg. Yeah, Greg, the beholder. Now, uh, there is a beholder who uh, he wears an eye patch. On his one giant eye, it's hilarious. Um, I'm like, I was like, which one? <laughs> his one giant eye. He wears an eye patch. His name was. Uh, let me see if I got him his notes here. Calzor. Kalzor. Everybody just calls him Kel. That's his nickname. He's hidden. He's good. Uh, He was actually attacked by another beholder. So he doesn't trust his own kind, which isn't too far off from a beholder in the beginning. 
But, you know, we've always had these things, so it really didn't come as a shock to me. Yeah. Wolf, <laughs> Wolf's in chat right now. Type into hashtag Team Greg. <laughs> but when they announced that they were going to stop the inherently evil things, I was welcoming of this because what I find is the problem is us old school players, this is what you've known them as. You can continue to refer them as this. There's nothing saying you can't because guess what? D&D is creative. It's fun. You do you, boo. That's how this works. It even says <laughs> in the beginning of the book. But I also know there's a lot of new players and a lot of new people coming into D&D and what they read is law because when you first start a game, you try to play as close to the rules as you can because you want to get that full-fledged experience. And you don't want to get too creative and add too many of your homebrew rules to it because then it gets chaotic and crazy. And that's how arguments start and fun stops. So a lot of these new players are sticking to the rules. And if the rules are saying you got one player who wants to be a beholder or one player who wants to be a mind flare and you can't because they're evil, well, then you're just killing somebody's creativity. So from that aspect, I understand why. And I support the change. You know, at first I was very with it. But when somebody sat me down and explained, there's nothing saying you can't keep playing it the way you used to. It's just to help welcome in those new players and help them actually do in D&D what we all have set out to do in our homebrew games, which is be creative from the word shoot. So that's why I'm I'm a little more supportive of of the changes now. Now, don't go telling me there's no girls in the world or there's no guys in the world because that one I'm not going to get down with. <laughs> yeah, don't go you- around telling me there's no peanut butter or corn dogs. <laughs> We're going to fight. We bring it up. We bring it up to the family four again. <laughs> you can't paint everybody's emojron. This just in crit. Texan and chat says this just in crit. No ladies. Well, I'm done. D&D is I'm done. I'm moving on to another game. Yeah. D&D Lucas is canceled. See ya. No, no. Yeah, I was going to say every campaign crit in the green room, you know, he writes down must contain the old strip club. <laughs> he needs his ladies. Not at all. Not at all. I just, I don't want there to be a limit on diversity is what I'm getting at. If you start limiting the diversity in D&D, that's uh, where I'm going to shut the book on you because that's what D&D is for me. I love the diversity. I love the creativity. That's why I fell in love with D&D. Out of all the RPG games that I love, this is one of my favorites because, simply put, the creativity. The avenue of creation. But all that being said, we've talked forever and we've come to the end of the show. So we didn't have a mid-break this episode because we had a lot of info and a lot of things. I really wanted to talk to our patrons. So I'm going to take a minute to thank the rest of our patrons. So we're going to start from our scholar patrons. So our scholar patrons, we have Wolf the Sheepdog, Remington Cloutier. All right, here we go. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. Uh-oh, I've lost my. There we go. Okay, so we have Daniel Pelilo. I'm hoping that's right. If not, you can stab me. <laughs> I have much love for you. (laughs) But anyway, we also have, we have a new patron and I'm going to try to pronounce this one. 
Climbing Zebra. Oh, that's not hard. Climbing Zebra 82. I read it too fast. Uh, <laughs> we have our wizard patrons that have joined us in our episode today. We have Wolf Slur. We have Sergeant Reaper. We have Lupus Malum. And we have our... Oh, sorry. W- Lupus, you, you're a deity. You're a deity patron. Let's see, this is why Sergio reads them off. He never messes it up. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have our other wizard patron who didn't make it with us today, uh, Jonathan Sutter. Um, I want to say, we say this every time, but I want to say thank you all for being patrons and being wonderful people and allowing us to do this. It's fantastic. We get to we get to explore what we love. We get to talk to fellow D&D lovers about it. And that's what the show is really about. It's about dropping the new information and getting together with friends, both close, far, near, wherever you are, and talking and just exploring the love of D&D together. And, and that's, some of us get to play D&D with you. Yeah! <laughs> Which we got another patron game coming soon! Just gotta get Sergio to get back in it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I want to say a huge thank you to our patrons. And with that being said... I turn it over to our guests for tonight. We're going to start with Reaper this time. Reaper, is there anything you want to share with us? Anything special you're doing besides your wonderfully creative D&D goldfish campaign? (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing really I can think so. Nothing, anything, nothing, nothing. We can hang out with you on Discord, right? No, oh, yeah, I am on the Discord. You're on the Discord. Yeah, I'm on the with the Web Studio Network. So, you know. Yeah, so you just come hang out with just come hang out with Reaper on the Discord. <laughs> He's gonna drop some cups, right? You're gonna bring us some cups to the next Discord. <laughs> uh, well, Lupus, what do you got for us? Uh, nothing. I uh, hope everybody has a happy New Year. Um, if you're looking to Play D&D and you can't get into a game. Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast uh, hosts paid games uh, every month, once a month for three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, you can find schedules at uh, yawningportal.dnd.wizards.com and play with people from all around the world. Uh, they've started adding in Spanish language games and Portuguese language games because uh, evidently DD is becoming very popular in Brazil. I will attest to that because a lot of our listeners are from that area we've got picked up a lot of new listeners lately from that area so that's news for (laughs) y'all you got games coming to you right wolf what do you got for us he's muted (laughs) i just realized that i pulled the reaper um (laughs) sorry that's what it's called now (laughs) Twitch.tv slash Wolfslore. Um, I stream all sorts of games right now. Dragon's Dogma because of Crit. Mm-hmm. Um, some Disco Elysium in my free time. That's been super fun. Uh, I'm going to try to drag Crit into some stuff tonight. Um, other than that, you can catch me in the Discord. Uh, I guest from time to time and stuff because I support these guys and all that they do. Um he does. He really does. And th- th- I will have to say another thing about our Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast fans. They are wonderful because they branch out across the rest of our shows. And I get to see the same familiar faces across them all. And I just love it. I love it. 
I love it. <laughs> but anyway, before we close this out, I have so many shows. It's not even funny. Wolf's, Wolf's already over here counting on his fingers. I can already see it. He's got the gears of whir and, and he's he's counting on his fingers. Didn't bring enough alcohol for this list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go through the list and I'm going to focus on. You know what? No, I'm going to leave it for. We're going to go with. We're going to go with Lupus to pick which one they should check out this time. Which one of your shows? Yes. Which one of your shows? So I'm going to go through the list first. I'm a- well, I'm, I'm gonna go with what well, I mean the one I'm a patron for. So, oh, you mean fumbling for? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like the one I'm a patron for from the. I think your first patron actually. You you uh, were my yeah. very first patron for the fumbling for and the Almighty Crit. You were, and then shortly after you, it so, was Aperture, <laughs> and then Wolf jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his fumbling for hoodie on. <laughs> Well, we've got Avatar Journey of the Elements. We've got Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. Cyberpunked. That's Cyberpunk apostrophe D. We have one of our newer shows, Delta Green SCP Files. We have this show, obviously. <laughs> uh, we also have the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, the live play D&D podcast um, that, as you've heard here today, is just insanity. As some um, of our favorite characters of the year. It does. <laughs> um, we also have Knights of Darkness. This was another one of our new shows. It is a Vampire of the Masquerade. This season is Vampire of the Masquerade. Um, and we have the Resident Evil lore cast, which is exactly like this show. What about Resident Evil? And unfortunately, I can't get the other show, two show hosts to come on Twitch. So eventually we'll be on <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> but that's what I got. Um, and as always, you can come chat with me on the Discord, uh, Robots Radio Discord. Uh, links always in the show notes. The links for all those shows mentioned and the Discord are in the show notes. Um, I mean, I, that's a, that's all I've got. It's fantastic. And we got Sergio's show. We got to drop Sergio. He's not here. But, you know, Sergio has the Phantom U podcast, uh, Phantom University. It is a deep dive in all things nerdum. Um, and right now they're diving into uh, the Spring franchise. Which they is are. Mm-hmm. They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, they always have, though. I mean, there's not one of their dives that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, it's okay. You don't have to lie. He's not listening. No. Oh, thank God. No. I'm just- <laughs> no, he's great. It it's is great. Death. It is. Did so, you get uh, Avatar in there, too? Or no? Avatar, uh, okay. Journey of the Elements. Yep. It's in there. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Nights of Darkness. Nights of Darkness. Yeah, I see there's so many shows. I even sometimes I forget some. But anyway, with all that being said, uh, no magic item for the day. I didn't have time to think up one. I was too busy thinking about all the wonderful things in the future for D&D. So I'll do you a favor, listener. Next episode, I'm going to drop you three magical items. Because I love you. <laughs> That all that all work together. That all work together. You know what? I will take your bet. <laughs> but on that note, that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you tune in next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DND Lorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. What to, the uh, hell are you oh, doing, Ampersand? <laughs> Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, you crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Woo-hoo! You'll find it every Friday, you stupid cat! <laughs> what up tonight, City? You're listening to N54 Radio. This is DJ Sparks bringing you a new hit show from Night City Cyberpunk, a Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast. Listen as a ragtag group slamming on the corpos. Survive the streets and try to keep from being flatlined. You can tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. DJ Sparks out!